and welcome to mini episode 149 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have six spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from October the 20th, 2021. And story number one comes from Kerry. I lost my dad to suicide when I was nine years old. I'm now 28. On the night my dad was found, I was in bed and had a very uneasy feeling. Like I knew something was wrong with my dad. My mum came into my room and she said she had to rush out for a message. I must have dozed off. When I woke in the morning, everything just felt so quiet and in slow motion. I remember getting up and I instantly knew my dad had passed away. I don't know why, but I knew. I don't know if he came to me that night, but I knew he wasn't with us anymore. I walked into my mum's bedroom, where she was sitting in bed, and I said to her, Dad's dead, isn't he? She looked at me in shock and started to cry and told me to come to her. She hugged me and we both cried. To this day, she doesn't know how I knew. Fast forward to a few years ago. I had a dream that I was coming out of a shop and when the doors opened, my dad was standing smiling at me. We instantly ran to each other and hugged. I felt so much joy and peace and then I woke up still crying. I've never had a dream about my dad in the 18 years and I've never had a dream about him since. So I know it's a sign that he's still here with me. I did a Q&A on patreon this week and one of the questions that was asked was which stories do i find the most compelling and it's these ones it's always going to be these ones it always feels like in these stories there's something about the human connection that we just don't understand yet and strain number two comes from tyler about 15 years ago i had to do a high school photography project still in the film era of photography i chose my subject to be an abandoned little white church that was falling apart on the side of the interstate I asked the store manager across the street who the owner was and if it was okay to visit. He replied, The loner across the street owns it, but be warned he does not like visitors. I replied with a naive, Okay, and marched over there anyways. I hadn't realised this little white church was part of a failed roadside attraction, which included an abandoned schoolhouse and a creepy motel. While the church and schoolhouse lent themselves to great photos, the motel was a different story. The intriguing thing about this motel was that it was completely abandoned, but not how I would normally think of abandoned. This motel looked like years ago there was a normal work day, and all of a sudden everyone vanished. For example, there were still perfectly made beds with crisp white sheets and fluffy pillows. There were still bars of soap resting on the sinks. The rooms were equipped with curtains, antique TVs, and even the little Bibles on the nightstands. I even went to the laundry room. Bedding and towels were still present in the washers and dryers as if someone had forgotten to change the loads years before. And they were laying on the ironing boards with the iron still plugged in waiting to be used. It felt like I was taking some kind of crime scene photos instead of a simple class assignment. The overwhelming feeling of dread washed over me as my dad called me to tell me it was time to come home. I was briskly walking back to my car when an open room door caught my eye. I know what you're thinking. Why would you go in after all of this? And what can I say? Curiosity got the better of me. I knocked, thinking that I may be intruding on a leftover resident for some reason. The door screeched open, as if giving a relieving yawn for days gone by. Standing in the doorway, what I witnessed immediately made me start sweating. The walls, the ceiling, the carpet, the furniture were all completely covered with burn marks in the shape of crosses. 
Every single available surface had a cross burnt into it. The beds were all covered in stiff chain crosses. Scanning the room with immediate regret, my eyes landed on a pentagram burned into the floor and a witch's hat and a small iron cauldron sitting in the centre of it. It was about at that point that I noped the fuck out of there, ran all the way back to my car and prayed the owner didn't shoot me in the back for trespassing, which at this point was the least of my worries. I got back to my car not realising that the strangest part of the story was still to come. The next day when I developed my film in my high school darkroom, the only pictures that turned out were of the church and the school, where all of the pictures of the motel should have been were completely blank. It looked as though I hadn't even clicked the shutter to take a picture. I tried to explain what had happened but it fell on deaf ears. Needless to say, my teacher didn't believe that I had stumbled upon a portal to hell in rural Nebraska and gave me a C- anyways. Sorry, but that teacher lacked vision, okay? Because even if they didn't believe the story, it's still a cool way to turn in your assignment, right? Where you say, I found this really cool place, I took all these pictures, and then I found this room, and look, none of these pictures turned out like it's a story within itself. I may know absolutely nothing, and I mean nothing about photography, but I would have given you an A, most definitely. I sort of dread to think what went on in that room, and kind of not even from the paranormal perspective. Like, it makes me think that somebody was really disturbed to burn crosses into every available surface in the room. Like, that's really, that's really frightening. I would have been shitting myself if I come across that. I would find that really disturbing. And story number three comes from Lavona. My ex-husband was in the Navy Reserves and he would get activated and be sent overseas. During one of his tours of duty, he was stationed in the Middle East near the River Jordan. During his trips, he would send home various items that he would purchase or find. In one shipment, he sent home bottles filled with sand from the Jordan where Jesus was baptised. Once that package arrived, things began to happen. I recall laying in bed and my mother at the time lived with me. She would be talking to someone in her room. When I would get up to see who she was talking to, there would be no one in her room and she said there was the ghost of a man in the house and he was talking to her. She described what he was wearing and what they talked about. There was also a time when my 12-year-old son and I were the only ones home. We were sitting at the kitchen table doing homework when the same man that my mom described walked by the entrance and crossed over into the living room. We both turned to see if he would walk into the living room and he never came back into view. So where did he go? A couple of days later, my son called me at work and said, Mom, that man we saw walking through the entrance just walked into the laundry room, into the pantry. I told him to go to our neighbours and to hang out with friends until I got home. In that year and a half, other strange things would happen. Curtains and blinds moving on their own, my son seeing a boy standing in the corner of his room and fingers running down my back. You could walk into the room and just sense a presence or something just off. The house just didn't feel right. It was during this time that my husband and I just didn't get along. He was sleeping in the guest room, and later I found out he was having affairs. My kids and I moved out into a rental two-story home. The day we moved in, I got the kids' room situated, and I was too tired to set up my bedroom, so I laid my mattress on the floor in the living room and covered myself with blankets and waited for sleep to overtake me. As I laid there for about 15 minutes, thinking about what was left to do the following day, 
I felt someone sit on the corner of my bed. It was not the dog as he was sleeping with my son in his room with the door closed. I thought maybe my son had let the dog out of his room and the dog had come to lay down at me. As I turned to pet the dog, I came face to face with not our dog, but an old woman. She sat on the bed just staring at me. I stared back at her for a brief moment thinking, this can't really be happening. She is not there. I'm just so darn tired that my mind is playing tricks on me. So I rolled over and pulled the blankets over my head and said out loud, please go away. I could feel her lift off the bed and when I bravely peeked, she was gone. A couple of months later, my son and my four-year-old granddaughter were playing upstairs. My granddaughter stopped playing, looked up and asked my son, who was that man standing in the bedroom door? My son quickly turned around, got up, looked down the stairs and in the other bedrooms and found no one. Needless to say, we moved out of that particular home and into a home I was able to buy. As of today's date, eight years later, we have not experienced anything. And I'm glad you've not experienced anything because that all sounds awful. It's really interesting about your ex-husband sending back sand from the River Jordan. Because I think regardless of whether it's theological tourism or just your general tourism, I think that people will sell things that maybe aren't what they say on the tin because people will buy them and if they say this is sand from the River Jordan and that's where Jesus was baptised and if you said keep it in your house it'll like bless your house or whatever it is. Like there are some people who will not sell these things legitimately, you know? So it could really have been anything unless you were literally being haunted by Jesus. At which point I would have said that heaven must be very quiet. He must have very little to do if he's hanging around haunting people. But in all seriousness, like the River Jordan is a pretty, pretty big river and lots of things have happened in there that were not the baptism of Christ, you know? So who knows? Who knows what came home with those bottles of sand? And while certainly the woman sitting on your bed doesn't seem to have wanted to do you any harm, there's something really quite disturbing about feeling her weight lift up off the bed. Like it kind of feels like there is gravitas behind her rather than her just being a wispy ghosty thing which is quite disturbing really and story number four comes from anonymous since i was born i lived in an old windmill that was used in the war it was changed into a house in the 90s when i was growing up the house felt a little creepy but nothing paranormal happened when i was around six or seven my brother would always have these nightmares where he described a man walking closer to his bed. All night he would scream louder and louder. This would go on for weeks, but he spent a couple of nights in my mum's room and after that he didn't have them again. I didn't have many strange dreams apart from the usual ones that kids would have at that age. The house itself made you feel like you didn't want to stay in corridors for too long, as many people who stayed at my house always ran around and seemed scared in the hallways. My mum would often hear the sound of children running around the house, but when she went to check, me and my siblings would be in our rooms fast asleep. The weirdest, most paranormal experience I had was when I was around eight. I was walking out to my brother's room to go and get changed when I stopped in the doorway. I heard a whisper in my ear say, Kiki. I panicked and shouted, Yes, to see if it was my mum that had said anything, but no response. Everyone was downstairs, so I burst into tears and ran downstairs as fast as I could. To this day, I still wonder who or what could have whispered that. I know it wasn't my imagination, as I felt a chill on my neck. What was even more confusing 
was that the only people who ever called me Cakey were my mum and dad. Me and my family moved out of that house about two years ago and since then me or my brother haven't had any strange dreams. I hope I never have to go back there again. I'm a little bit jealous that you lived in an old windmill, haunted or not. That is very cool. I am aware that it wasn't a wholly pleasant experience for you and your family, but I'm leaving that bit of it aside for a second and just saying top marks for the windmill energy. I love it. That all sounds like classic haunting energy. You've got the kids having nightmares. Parents are hearing feet running around. Obviously feet attached to bodies, not just feet on their own, which again would still be scary. And then having somebody whisper in your ear, but feeling, feeling the actual breath on your neck is the really scary part about that. Because you could say, oh, you misheard something or you heard, you know, a breeze or a draft or something howling through the windows and, mis- and you know, you mistook it for somebody whispering in your ear. But physically feeling that breeze on your neck, that is disturbing. And story number five comes from Katie. Growing up, I was extremely close to my grandparents on my mother's side. They lived only a few minutes away, and my aunt and uncle lived right next door. A lot of my fondest memories as a child are from being at their house, playing with my brother and cousins. One of my cousins, Beth, and I became obsessed with ghosts and the paranormal due to my grandmother's interest. We loved watching these shows with her and listening to her stories, and both of us have continued to nurture our interest and belief in the paranormal as we've grown older. In 2009, my grandmother sadly passed of a heart attack in her sleep. Not even a year later, my grandfather also passed due to complications after having a stroke. It was a great tragedy for my family that I can't express in words and have difficulty writing about even now. My main story starts when I was visiting my aunt's house. I can't remember exactly when due to the craziness that has been the past few years, but I believe it was around early 2020. When I was a teenager, my aunt and uncle moved from the old house next to my grandparents to a house about 30 minutes away. It was an old, beautiful home built prior to World War II. It was only two bedrooms, so they built a third bedroom onto the back of the house to serve both as a room for their grown son away at college and as a guest room. Over the past few years, I didn't spend a night there, but we've all had our family gatherings there since it has the most space. And sometimes I pop by for a visit like this one. My aunt and cousin Beth were the only ones home and we sat for hours catching up and reminiscing about our childhood. During this conversation, my cousin Beth told me about a very intense dream she had had a few weeks prior. She said that at first it felt so real that she didn't even realise it was a dream. She and her boyfriend were sitting in her room watching TV together. They were home alone, so when they heard a noise from the living room they were reasonably spooked. My cousin's room was right next to the front door, so they would have seen someone come home, and their first thought was that someone had broken in through the back door they never used. Wanting to be the good boyfriend, Beth's boyfriend went to the living room to check what the noise was. He was gone for just a few moments before returning, pale as, well, pale as a ghost. He told her that our deceased grandmother was in the living room and wanted to talk to her. Beth got quite angry with this, telling him it wasn't funny to joke about, and stormed into the living room to see for herself. There in the living room stood our grandmother, hair down, an old-style sleeping gown on, looking exactly as she did every time we spent the night at her house. Wordlessly, she turned away from my cousin and walked deeper into the house. Dumbfounded, my cousin followed her until they reached the guest room that they had added. 
Beth watched as my grandmother got comfortable in the bed and then started chatting with her. I can't remember everything that was said between them, but my grandmother was her normal witty self and was completely aware that she was dead. Beth told her how her brother was expecting a baby soon who would be her first great-grandchild and my grandmother said she knew. Beth asked her how she knew and she said, I can hear it when your mom and Katie talk to me. They talked some more and eventually my grandma insisted that Beth give her some sugar before she leaves, which my grandma had always said to us grandchildren before we left her house, wanting a kiss on the cheek. Beth kissed her cheek as instructed and almost immediately woke up. She was confused and sad, not realising that it was a dream until she was greeted with her dark room. She says she's not sure if it was her imagination or not, but she smelled my grandmother's perfume in her bedroom, which she had worn for our entire lives and had a distinct smell. I was dumbfounded when Beth told me this story, especially since my grandmother had told her that she could hear me. I'm not a religious person, so I don't pray, but I was raised religious and some of the habits must have stuck. I often find myself talking to my grandparents in a similar way that I used to pray as a child. I vent my stresses and worries, I ask for help, or just catch them up on my life like I used to when they were alive. I hadn't told anyone that as I often kept any thoughts and emotions concerning my grandparents to myself, and apparently my aunt had developed a similar habit that she hadn't told anyone about. My cousin had no way of knowing that both my aunt and I talked to my grandparents on a regular basis, which makes me believe that she really did talk to my grandmother's spirit. My grandmother used to joke that she was going to haunt us when she died, so I've always just assumed that she was around somehow or somewhere. I recently had my own experience, and I believe it might be somewhat related. My aunt's family decided to go out of town, and they asked me to house sit while they were gone. I was a little bit creeped out staying alone in their creaky old house, but I was more worried about the human intruders than ghosts, as I'm also a huge fan of true crime stories. I stayed there for a couple of days without incident and really enjoyed the time to myself. They were coming home on Saturday afternoon, and I had a long day at work on Friday and put off packing up my things until the next morning. I woke up at around 8 on Saturday morning, but laid in bed for a while and enjoyed having nowhere to be. It was about nine when the next part happened and I know because I was wide awake and scrolling through TikTok on my phone and could see the clock at the top of my screen. I heard a very loud noise that I could honestly feel vibrating through the house. Before I had time to process the noise, a second identical one followed. The sounds were very familiar, but I couldn't place them. I laid motionless in bed for a few minutes, but nothing else happened. One thing that's important to know in order to understand my actions is that I deeply believe in ghosts, but extreme incidents just seem like things that happen to other people, not to me. My experiences have been limited to sensing things or movements out of the corner of my eye, so when the shock of the loud noises passed, I got out of bed and looked out the window for a possible source outside. I could see the family next door in their yard, the kids playing while their mom worked the garden. They surely had to have heard the noises but the fact that they didn't seem too concerned eased my own nerves. I called my mom to have someone on the phone with me while I checked the doors and decided the noise must have been the trash truck or nearby construction work. I hung up with my mom and returned to the guest room. I went to use the bathroom that was inside the guest room, not closing the door because I was the only one there. As I sat there, 
I heard a slow creaking sound which I recognised to be the door between the mudroom and the kitchen. My blood froze and again my first reaction was that an intruder was in the house. I listened as the door creaked all the way closed and clicked as it settled into the frame. Only a few seconds later I heard the sound of the door opening and creaking again. Nothing else happened after that and after stealing my resolve I rushed out of the bathroom and out the back door. Everyone else in the stories on this podcast seems to handle weird events so much calmer, but my first reaction was that I did not want to be in there alone for a second longer. I called my best friend, who lives only 10 minutes away, and explained everything. She agreed to come over and keep me company while I packed. She doesn't believe in ghosts, but I knew she assumed I was just half asleep and jumpy, so she wasn't spooked by the idea of coming over at all. I didn't feel any malevolent energy at all and didn't feel threatened, just spooked. So I felt fine going back into the house if someone was with me. Plus I was embarrassed by the idea of telling my aunt that I'd left all my stuff and fled because of a ghost. While I sat in my car and waited for my friend, I thought about everything that had happened and my mind finally placed the loud sound I'd heard earlier. The house had a stairs leading up to the attic and the stairs had what I call a little Harry Potter closet. Earlier in the week I'd opened it looking for a broom as it's right next to the living room and it seemed like the logical place for one. The door stuck a little and when I tugged it free, it caused a loud sound that sounded like it echoed throughout the house. I realised it was because of how old the house was, and the fact the door was built right into the frame of the house. I found a vacuum that would work instead, and when I closed the door it caused the same sound. The sounds that I had heard earlier sounded exactly like someone opening and closing that closet. When my friend got there, I told her about everything. I know she probably thinks there's some explanation other than a ghost, but she humoured me and didn't say anything negative. I felt the urge to show her the closet, so that I could show her how loud it was and why it was perfectly reasonable to think that I would have heard it and felt the noise back in the guest room. When I opened it, I knew for certain that it was the sound I had heard earlier. Looking back, I wish I had the guts to have her open and close the door while I stood in the guest room, but I didn't think of it and I just wanted to leave. I gathered my things as quickly as I could and left. I haven't gotten around to telling Beth about it yet because I want to do it in person and I'm eager to see if she's had any more experiences in the house. These two incidents probably seem completely unrelated and maybe they are, but there is one key detail I left out until the end on purpose. The guest room, the one my cousin spoke to my grandmother in, and the same one that I was in, is the room that my grandfather died in. When he had his stroke and it became clear he was going to die soon, we had the opportunity to let him live his last days through hospice care. He was set up in the guest bedroom and he died a little over 24 hours after we brought him home. I personally believe that spirits linger in places they have a deep connection to, whether it's a positive connection or a negative connection. The guest bedroom is slowly becoming my cousin's new playroom, filling up with his toys and my aunt's house is the only place our entire family gathers regularly. I think my grandparents linger there as it's the easiest place to watch over the family and they can be near their great-grandchild as he plays. I'm not really a true crime listener anymore and I don't want to be alarmist, but I do think in these paranormal situations it is always best to assume, first of all, that it might be human intervention and to try and keep yourself safe from that before assuming that it's paranormal. And then when you find out that it's paranormal, it feels probably better because you're like, oh, 
thank God it's not an intruder, it's just the ghost of my grandparents. And I like the theory that it's to do with a place they've had a positive, strong connection with. And they're probably just checking in on you because obviously you guys were a very important part of your grandparents' life. So therefore they want to check in, make sure you're okay, wants to want to be involved in seeing their grandchildren, seeing their great grandchildren rather grow up and stuff. So I, I get it. And I, I like it's not doesn't make it pleasant. And I would also be out of that house in a heartbeat. I always think in horror movies, and I've said this before, that when things happen in the house, I would be legging it outside because I'd feel safer outside. So I understand the need to and the want to just get up and leave the house. I would do the same thing. And story number six comes from Sarah. I've never really taken much stock in ghost stories. I love hearing about them, but wasn't really a believer. I, however, do believe in demons. I believe they are real and are active amongst us. I didn't, however, believe that they could do anything physically to you. That is until my experience at the cabin. Like many others, I was close to my grandparents. My nan and pop lived in a large home with many empty bedrooms. Their kids were all grown and my grandparents no longer needed or wanted to keep up the house. They went searching for a place that was smaller. They found a cabin on a lake that they liked. It faced the lake with houses on either side of it so that there was a clear view. They bought the cabin and began renovations while still at their bigger home. Before they were finished, my pop unexpectedly died leaving my nan to move in by herself a couple of years later. It may be important to note that this lake used to be mostly summer cabins where people would come and spend their summer. In fact, my nan used to go as a child with her family. Like I said earlier, my pop died before they could finish the cabin, so my nan moved in alone. She is of sound mind, always present, and has no family history of dementia or psychiatric conditions and is not a liar. Other than some of her hearing loss, she is all there. She is, after all, in her 70s. After a little while, my nan moved in. Strange things started to happen. Once she said she was sitting on the couch alone when her yoga ball moved across the room without her touching it. No air conditioning vents or fans were near that area, so airflow was not causing this. Another time she said she was sitting in her bed when she felt something squeeze her like a hug. My nan believes these events were my pop, popping in to say hello. I was always sceptical, thinking that I could explain it away. One weekend, the day before Thanksgiving last year when I was 26, I decided to stay the night with my nan. We are very close and did this often in her other house when I was growing up. Her bed is up against the wall facing the windows in the centre of the room. A TV and nightstand were in the left side corner. My nan slept on that side and I on the right. That night, I woke up at 4.30am with a terrible pressure on my chest. It is important to note that I've had anxiety attacks in the past, but I've never woken myself up with one. I also have a CPAP machine with tubes. It was hard to breathe with this pressure, but it passed. I was pretty uneasy in this moment. I was under the covers with my legs bent up halfway and the rest of me lying down. I felt a presence, but I wasn't sure what it was. Before I could really decide what was happening, I felt something touch me. It felt like a small foot or a clenched hand was touching and putting pressure over the covers over my lower torso. I looked down over the covers and saw nothing. I was terrified. I placed my hand over where I had felt it and felt a body shaking energy that I had never felt before. Given I was terrified, 
and could have been my own fear. I turned to wake my nan up. She halfway turned over and said, It's 4.30am, I have to wake up in an hour. And then turned back over half asleep. I was even more terrified knowing that I was on my own. I decided to try and fall back asleep. I turned over to my side with my back facing the edge of the bed. Moments later, I felt something tap me twice as if to say, Hello, I'm here. I turned over to make sure it was not my CPAP tubing. The tubing was hanging off the bed by my head. It wasn't my machine. It had been the same entity. I turned on the TV and fell asleep praying. There was no logical explanation for what happened. Not the covers, not my nan and not the machine. Every so often I sleep in her bed and still wake up at 4.30am for no apparent reason. The sun won't be up and the TV won't be on. When I told my nan about this she said, I do too, it's just the room. Saying it as if you were to sleep in the room you'll find yourself waking at 4.30am with no logical reason as to why. It was normal to her. To this day I am still wary to go into her room alone or in the dark. I've never had any other experience like this and I will never forget it. When I told my family they believed me, they think it was my pop. I personally believe it to be a demonic presence messing with me, for I do not believe in ghosts. If I heard my story, I'd think it was made up. But please believe me when I say this experience happened and changed my belief in the capabilities that demons can have. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. I, I absolutely believe this story happened to you. Uh, but I'm not in the demon camp. I think it, it sounds like a mix between sleep paralysis, something weird happening, genuinely something weird happened in the room, maybe your pop coming in to say hello, and maybe sometimes it's okay to believe the nicer thing, to be able to say, I feel like it might have been a demon, but also I recognize that it might have been my pop coming in to say hello, and that's a really nice thing. Maybe, maybe, like I always say, the dead need to find a better way to interact with the living that does not involve scaring them half to death in the middle of the night. Maybe a letter or an email or or a text message, all of which would still be disturbing, actually. So, I don't know what the I don't know what the answer to that is yet. But maybe, maybe, maybe don't believe demon. Maybe just believe it was your pop coming to say goodbye and kind of getting it a little bit wrong. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Kerry, Tyler, Lavona, Anonymous, Katie and Sarah for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from October the 20th, 2021. If you are desperate for more content, you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you not only get every single episode ad free, but you also get access to heaps of extra content. If you want to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time.